Hello and welcome to the Sacred City Life podcast. This is your host, Kevin Knorr. I am Sacred City's pastoral assistant, and I am filling in on the mic while Justin is away on sabbatical. Um, the Sacred City Life podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the n- normal, everyday rhythms of life. And I am joined today. You guys want to introduce yourselves? Yeah, this is uh, Rob Spectra, Pastor of Discipleship. It's Alex Tay, Sacred City Youth Director, guys. And the goal of this segment we call Theology for Everyone. We've been going through the Westminster Confession of Faith, and we are just about finished. Guys, there are 33 chapters total, and we are about to go through chapter 31 of Synods and Councils. Okay. So without further ado, I'll read Article 1. For the better government and further edification of the church, there ought to be such assemblies as are commonly called synods or councils. All right. Pretty short uh, little phrase there. Short and sweet. We can get right past this one. But I think think it's a good introduction for a reminder um, that God is not calling us as individuals. to know his truth, but he's calling us really to, uh, we all have our blind spots, our, you know, mm. things that are maybe our, our hobby horses, uh, doctrines that we we favor. And uh, so what God does is he says, no, we have a, a wider church, a larger church. And so that would be, in this case, uh, the synods and councils. I don't know exactly what the difference is between synods and councils, but beyond the fact that I do know that it's a gathering of uh, like-minded believers who come around around issues, and we've seen that throughout history. And But again, I think it's a good... Uh, the, the principle that is behind um, this is that God calls us together as... Uh, as a body of believers, to be helping each other to really understand the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we need one another. We're all fallible, and then, Lord willing, fallible individuals coming together under the under the direction of the Holy Spirit that we might come to, to good truth yeah. and yeah. Uh, help each other to come to that truth. So um, it's uh, just a good reminder there. Is there, any, is there even scripture on that one, yeah. on the first one? Yeah, we have Acts 15. This ah. is when Paul and Barnabas are going up to... Um, Jerusalem to ask the apostles and the elders a question. And it says, when they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they declared all that God has done to them. The apostles and the elders were gathered together to consider this matter. Yeah, and that was a that was a, a moment in in, the, in you know the beginning early part of the church in which there were some real questions of what do we really require of the Gentiles in mm-hmm. terms of of the Jewish faith. You know, they, they we're coming out of the Jewish faith. What is really required yeah. of them? And so there were some real questions there. And so they got to, they went to Jerusalem, and that's really considered the uh, the first council, if you will, to really deal with. And this is one of the things we're going to see is that really deals with. Uh, particular issues, typically they're they're called, these councils or synods are, are called in order to deal with a, a significant question that the church has. So, all right, let's go to Article 2. Bet. As magistrates may lawfully call a synod of ministers and other fit persons to consult and advise with about matters of religion, so if magistrates be open enemies to the church, the ministers of Christ of themselves by virtue of their office, or they, with other fit persons upon delegation from their churches, may meet together in such assemblies. All right, let me let me see that uh, uh, there because I just realized I don't have that particular that particular one. Uh, oh yeah, okay, yeah. So here's what's interesting. So magistrates, mm-hmm. that was civil government. Mm-hmm. So this is a reference to the fact that um, what has been recognized for a significant amount of time in terms of history, and it's only recently, within the last about 100 years or so, that we uh, that we kind of are starting to not 
not understand this truth, but that is, this is the whole idea that we've talked before, and that is that uh, culture comes downriver from, mm-hmm. uh, from your religion, yeah. or we might say, right before that, you would say uh, uh, politics or um, uh, our understanding of civil government comes down also from, from religion. So your religion determines, in one sense, what your your religion, you know, is, or I mean, you, what your politics or your your civil government, how that civil government should 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 run. And so, in the day when these uh, when this was written, uh, there was an understanding that the church had much to say about life, about the world, you know, we live in, and has much to say that the civil government needed guidance and direction, and so they would actually go to the church mm-hmm. to discover what does God's word have to say yeah. with regards to the issues that they were having to deal with uh, during the day? Um, so when we when we we have this whole church and state, you know, we we know so much about this church and state. You know, we hear it so often: church and state, separation of church and state. That was never intended by our founding fathers that somehow. Uh, Christianity shouldn't have some effect or influence upon uh, our our government. It mm-hmm. was only that there would not be one particular denomination that would be the kind of the state mm-hmm. church or the state mm-hmm. denomination. Uh, they, our founding fathers, recognized that that uh, they are as govern you know as, uh, as civil governor- governors that they come down river from from religion. Yeah. So that even today. That's still true. Mm-hmm. We, if if everybody, so, so what do we say? Everybody, uh, everybody has a theology. Mm-hmm. Everybody, everybody's a worshiper. Yeah. We worship something, and we believe in something. Mm-hmm. So everybody has faith, yeah. right? So are you saying that the state could be knocking on our door and yeah, asking well, some questions? Huh, they, they could be asking questions <laughs> okay. because they come down river from what they believe. Many many times, what many who are in our government today. They come down river from a secular humanistic approach mm. to religion. Yeah. So they would say, you know, uh, my faith is in humanity mm-hmm. and what I think is right and true. And so that comes down river, uh, that belief, that religion, they wouldn't call it a religion, you know, that's, the, that's, the, the, that's false, but they won't call it religion. But it is ultimately, uh, religion is, an, is one's understanding of oneself. Of what is you know what we're accountable to, who we're accountable to, mm-hmm. and what our purpose is in life, and where where in one sense we're, we're ending, uh, we're, we're, what's what's the end goal, the purpose, the 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 the, the, the kind of the what they call the theology of our of our life, and mm-hmm. so um, yeah, so it, it's interesting just reading this that it um, magistrate or synods and councils were many times called by magistrates. But anyway, so as magistrates may lawfully call a synod of ministers and other fit persons to consult and advise with about matters of religion. So uh, they are going to those in whom they would rate respect. They would be ministers, uh, fit persons they'd call. So I'd assume a fit person is anybody who is, uh, you know, and and, and these men that are writing here, those who are uh, believers in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And then it goes on, so if magistrates be open enemies to the church, the ministers of Christ of themselves by virtue of their office or they with other fit persons upon delegation from their churches may fit together, may meet together in such assemblies. So this is, of course, the idea that if the church becomes, and they, you know, what do they do? They anticipated this. Mm. They anticipated that there would be civil government who would 
downriver from their own godless religion um, could become enemies of the church. And so they're saying, and it is absolutely right and for then the church to call their own counsel mm-hmm. and to be to be dealing dealings with some the issues of, of life today. So yeah. Interesting. Any any scriptures on there that's different than the Acts uh, what was it, Acts fifteen? Matthew two. Yeah, Matthew two four. And assembling all the chiefs and priests and scribes of the people, he required of them where the Christ was to be born. Oh, yeah. They told him in Bethlehem of Judah. For so it is written of the prophets. <laughs> and that's speaking of Herod. Yeah. Uh, so here is Herod who had who was wicked, <laughs> and yet he knew where to go to find out where this rival king, this mm-hmm. Messiah, was to be born. He went to the scribes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so he inquired of them in order to determine where to then go slaughter the children. And that's yeah. But that's exactly, he knew where to go. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, interesting uh an interesting day uh, that we live in where uh, we have so separated ourselves from, you know, using this separation of church and state, which is not what the intended, our, our forefathers intended in any way, uh, using that as a means to say, we don't care what the Word of God has to say. We don't care what God has to say on these matters in terms yeah. of, of so many matters. And of course, you know, uh, one of the ones that comes right to our, our right to us is abortion. And, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, so... All right, let's go to the next article. Bet. It belongs to synods and councils ministerially to determine controversies of faith and cases of conscience, to set down rules and directions for the better ordering of the public worship of God and government of his church, to receive complaints in cases of maladministration and authoritatively to determine the same, which decrees and determinations, if consonant to the word of God, are to be received with reverence and submission, not only for their agreement with the word, but also for their power whereby they are made, as being an ordinance of God appointed thereunto in his living word. Okay, so this is, a, this is really referring to why, what, what's their purpose? What are they trying to aim for? Well, the first one is, it says, it belongs to synods and councils ministerially to determine controversies of faith. Mm. So again, I go back at the very beginning there and said that many times these synods and councils were, uh, were and are, uh, uh, they come around, they're, they're gathered around a particular issue of faith. And mm. So I, I went back and I was just looking at some of the some of the creeds that have come out. So, for instance, the Nicene Creed came yeah. out of the Nicene Council, and the question that was being raised then in uh, in 325 A.D. is they really it was not it was not uh, agreed upon what was the nature of the Son mm-hmm. in relationship to the nature of the Father. In other words, there were Arians who were saying that Jesus was uh, had a beginning and he wasn't. He wasn't God. Mm-hmm. He he had a beginning. He was created by God. He was created perfect, but he was and and he had a perfect life, but he had a beginning. He wasn't God himself. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, today we still have Arians, and they're called Jehovah's Witnesses. Mm-hmm. They say they believe exactly the same thing that the mm-hmm. Arians believe. So they brought a council. This was this was the teaching that was starting to make its way into the church. And so there was there was an, an understanding that this was a this was really a question of faith that they needed to. To come to an agreement. And so they had the Nicene uh, Council, which then came out of that, the Nicene Creed, and the Creed is, is, an, is really the uh, statement that Jesus is the second person of the Trinity. Yeah. Now, about, uh, looks like about 60 years later, 
Then the question came up, same uh, same place. Uh, this time, it, it, this is well, I guess this is at Constantinople. Mm -hmm. The question came up: Well, what about the Holy Spirit? Yeah. You know, is he just some kind of a power, or is he actually a person? And so then they they again, it was a question of faith. Uh, so they gathered together in Constantinople, Con Constantinople, and added just a short phrase to the Nicene Creed to include the Holy Spirit as the third person of the Trinity. Yeah. And so, again, these are some examples of, uh, of what kind of things that can be brought up. Interestingly enough, as I was looking at some of the other creeds and things that have come down, and by the way, the Westminster Confession of Faith, this was, this was a gathering of, we would call them divines, these are pastors and ministers, fit people, as we said earlier. Not uh, athletes, yeah, but yeah, fit yeah, people. Right, <laughs> I didn't think about spiritually that. Fit, yeah, spiritually fit, spiritually disciplined. Fit, thank you very much for the <laughs> clarification there. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah they, they gathered around uh, wanting to have a confession that was in response to really coming out of the Reformation. Um, but I, I found an interesting one. There's one in Chicago. Did you read? Did you know that in the 1970s? Was that the Chicago Statement of Biblical Inerrancy? There you go. The, yeah. Yes, excellent. Yeah, Statement of Biblical Inerrancy. They again. Uh, that was a question that was being kind of raised up even within evangelical churches. Is the Word of God truly inerrant? Can we truly trust it? In other words, and so there was a need to bring together like-minded individuals to say. What does God's word have to say about itself, and can we trust it? And so, yeah. So we still have these uh, again around certain mm -hmm. certain issues. So um, yeah, they still gather. So let me keep on going here. So uh, cases of let's see controversies of faith and cases of conscience. So this would be a, a question of uh, of sin and is is something sin or not sin. Uh, to set down rules and directions for the better ordering of the public worship of God. So again, it is, is asking questions of what should and should not be included within worship. And government of his church. So again, how do we govern our, our church? Uh, to receive complaints in cases of maladministration. So this was an opportunity and a place where if there was a question of whether or not there was uh, a particular church or a group of churches uh, that they were abusing uh, their place of authority that they could go to and they could actually have that question answered of, uh, hey, you know, someone kind of outside of that particular church or those churches, they would be able to uh, address some of those those issues. So is this like having like standards and, and literature within your church that like everybody goes by so that they understand why we do what we do? Instead of them having to memorize all the scripture and things like that, it's um, it's really it's 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 really going again back to uh, the question of what should be our standards. What should we what should we include in our worship services? What should we you know what 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 are things that um, perhaps we shouldn't be including? Um, you know, become culturally you know relevant. Sometimes we can step outside of what probably is distracting actually from Christ. Yeah. And so it's, it's those kind of questions. It, you begin to, as you read the, this one, we don't, you know, we don't think much about this because uh, we haven't we haven't been part of a synod or council. Yeah. But you begin to understand how important it is to have those outside of your particular um, experience mm. to help maybe speak into and see into your experience of your church or your churches to say what are you seeing that it may be objectively because you're not right there in it, you know, how it is. Mm -hmm. We subjectively kind of know how things are, and then all of a sudden somebody asks us who are outside of going, why do you do what you do? Mm -hmm. 
it causes you to question, say, yeah, I don't know why we do what we do. And it causes some to raising up of questions. So yeah. this is why it is important to have uh, um, really a fellowship of churches in whom you can go to other churches and say, hey, you know, speak into us, would you please? Mm-hmm. Um, in other words, we don't want to become so independent of uh, other churches that we are not, uh, that we won't listen to what others might mm. be able to give us some good counsel and good good direction in. Right. Um, so this is what they're doing formally, and this is what the Westminster Confession is, is really calling for. So he says, goes on, and authoritatively to determine the same, which decrees and determinations, if consonant to the word of God, are to be received with reverence and submission. So you see the key phrase there is in concert or in consonant to the word of God. So these, of course, all these questions that are being raised that maybe you would be gathering around with other churches or gathering around with a council or a synod, you would be wanting to, you would always be asking the question, what does the word of God Mm -hmm. happen to say uh, in this particular, in this particular issue? So when you say other churches, like, what are you, what are you referring to that? Well, I'm referring to, in our case, because, you know, it it depends upon what denomination you're part of, but uh, in our case, Acts 29, we would want to be looking to other Acts 29 churches Mm -hmm. who have it like-minded, we're like-minded in terms of our fellowship, and we understand kind of where we're coming from as as a as a movement we would want other churches to invite them in if we really had a question that we needed to know you know uh, we we can't seem to get past this whatever that issue is yeah. help us yeah. and bring somebody else in that could yeah. could help us um, yeah. the, i was part of a uh, presbyterian church of america and they have a very um, uh, well-oiled machine if you will uh, they have what's called a general assembly every summer every summer and that is churches from all around the country gather together, and they typically there will be the the, the summer before there will be questions that will be raised that they actually say next summer we're going to try to address this. So mm-hmm. one one general assembly that I went to, a, a church had a question. They they so kind of the way it works is they they have what's called presbyteries. Uh, they the churches there's a number of churches that are made up of presbytery and then the presbyteries are made up of the general assembly, mm. and so there was a church in a particular um, in a particular uh, presbytery who had a question about whether uh, whether you could dip the bread into the into the cup mm. is that biblical or not and they questioned whether it was biblical. I hope the, so. The pre- yeah, I hope so too because we do that. <laughs> so the presbytery wrestled with it and they couldn't come to a conclusion. They couldn't come to a conclusion. So they brought it all the way up to the general assembly. And then the General Assembly, they wrestled with it in a committee, and then they brought it before the, all the churches, and then all the churches voted on this particular question based upon the Word of God. And then kind of in a sense, they said, yay, or thumbs up or thumbs down. And then from thereafter, that was considered a, pra- you know, a practice. And in this case, it was, it's fine, and this is a practice that you can do. So that's how it can work. Uh, interestingly, uh, interestingly enough, we're not used to that in our more of our independent churches. So, <laughs> so, so what is like the, the the government assemblies looking at that maybe the regular pastors or elders are not looking at that maybe they see that's different to make those decisions? Well, I think we're all looking at the word of God. The word word of God is what the word of God is. Yeah, and, truth, and, and right? a lot of things is very you know. There's a lot of things. That there's no doubt. There's no question. I'll go back to this question I had. There is, you know, w- w- can you put bread into the cup? I mean, you can't go to a, a verse to that. You can't go and, you know, you can't find a verse that says, do not dip your bread in the cup when you're doing the Lord's Supper. And so you have the Word of God and people bring in, you know, 
will bring in various passages and say, you know, these seem to be in conflict with one another. We know God's word is consistent. We know that it is ultimately has a unity uh, because there's only one author, ultimately, God himself. And so sometimes you just get so mired, mm-hmm. get so mired into yeah. the details mm-hmm. and into the passion of it, you know? Mm-hmm. You start thinking about it. You know, emotions get into this and feelings get into this. So sometimes what you need, you need somebody on the outside is not... Really has no dog in the fight, if you will. Yeah. Like, can I say that? Oops, yeah. that might shouldn't have been said that. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> they uh, they can see things a little bit better because their emotions aren't involved in this. So, yeah. and matter of fact, when we get to the next article, you'll see why it's kind of important. Yeah. Um, so it goes on and says, um, constant word of God are to be received with reverence and submission, not only for their agreement with the word, but also for the power whereby they are made as being an, inordin- an ordinance of God appointed thereunto in his word. And so what it's, it's uh, you know, they're, they're, there's a desire for agreement, agreement with the word, but also a desire for agreement, recognizing that the, that this is from the Word of God, and therefore we can trust that this is that whatever decision has been made, that you know God's um, God's Word is behind this, mm-hmm. and then there's a, a sense of confidence in yep. it. All right, so let's go to number number three. Yep. All synods or councils, since the apostles' time, whether general or particular, may err, and may have erred. Therefore, they are not to be made the rule of faith or practice, but to be used as a help in both. All right, not interesting. So there is a humility in all of yeah. this. And I think it goes back to your question of, well, why do we even need this? We got the Word of God as, in, as, as elders, you know, within a particular church. Well, you know, like I said, sometimes we just have a hard time. We are fallible individuals, yeah. and we emotions become part of it and sway us, and, uh, you know, our stories... Our broken stories can help make it difficult mm-hmm. for us to come to conclusions. Yeah. And so because of this, you know, we need to go to others. Yeah. But the, even here they're saying, you know, on these kind of matters that are not bullseye matters right within the center of the word of God that is very clear to us, we can err. And so they should never be made uh, as a rule of faith mm. um, or practice, but only to kind of help us you know, in, in our practice. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Any scripture on that that would be different than what we had here? Yeah, I think it looks we like We have it. Acts. They received the word with all urgence, urgentness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Yeah, and that was the uh, Berean church. Yeah. Um, they were the ones that, yeah, they, they listened to Paul, but they didn't believe Paul until they could confirm it within mm-hmm. God's word. And then once yep. they, you know, they did it with urgency there and, and they came to the conclusion. So it's a good yep. reminder that God's word is behind all of this. Yep. So is it wrong to do that? Like to be checking to make sure like oh. your eldership is... It's to be right to do that, right? Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, everything needs to be, you know, I, I appreciate Pastor Justin. He often prays, you know, God, as I, he gets ready to preach, there are certain things here, you know, uh, you know he recognizes Whatever is not of you is only of me. May they, you know, cause them to forget. Mm. And, uh, and in the same way, there's a recognition that, yeah, God's you as a member of the church, as a receiver of God's word, ultimately, you need to be checking what's being said wherever you're at, teaching yeah. and preaching. Well, there's another, another passage that you have there? That's uh, 1 Corinthians 2.5 that says, So that your faith may not rest in the wisdom of men, but mm. in the power of God. Yeah, good. Yeah. So, That's like, so good. I think so many people are just like, oh, I sound like we're 
we're saying the same prayers or we're, you know, or we're saying the same type of liturgy and all these different things. But I think it's so good that we we do remind ourselves that we are, we're not God mm-hmm. and we do need help with the Holy Spirit. And um, we do have opinions and we'd have strong opinions at that. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> but when it comes down to it, like our opinions don't matter. God's truth is what matters. Yeah. And that's right. what needs to be preached. And that's what needs to be taught to the people um, so that we can, you know, set aside the flesh and let the spirit speak through us. Yeah. And, and I think it's a good reminder that we need to test our practice, we yeah. need to test our beliefs back to the Word of God mm-hmm. um, and say, is this is this the way God would have me do this, or is this the what God is really telling me to believe, kind of a feel yeah. to it. So, yeah. Good. All right, last article. Synods and councils are to handle or conclude nothing but that which is ecclesiastical and are not to intermeddle with civil affairs which concern the commonwealth, unless by way of humble petition... In cases extraordinary, or by way of advice, for satisfaction of conscience, if they be thereunto required by the civil magistrate. Okay, and this this last um, uh, this last article is recognizing that there are what they would call spheres of uh, government, mm-hmm. and you know we've got our family has a government, um, your family has a government. There's a head of the family. Um, our so we've got a civil government. Uh, we've got, uh, you know, in this case, a religious government, if you will. And so they're, they're recognizing that there is a separation, that uh, that there is a need for um, uh, us not to meddle into, they call it intermeddling there in this one, not to meddle into places that really God has not called the church to be, to be part of. However, um, they also recognize that there are times when, and in this case, humble petition in cases extraordinary, uh, I believe when they're talking about humble petition, it's referring to the actual civil government humbly petitioning the church, what do we do in this hmm. case? Um, I, I believe that that's what that's a reference to. Or by way of advice for satisfaction of conscience. So again, it's this recognition. And so I would go back and say that in the day when these men were writing this, they recognized that the church does have a place in terms of matters of conscience, in terms of matters of morals, that the that the government, uh, the civil government, um, you know, should understand in one sense that there are, they do need to know what does God have to say in this matter, mm-hmm. and again, it, it does come back down to back to what is your religion that is uh, that is kind of the the the, the source of your mm-hmm. particular civil yeah. government. So if you know, if your government is one that is, again, humanistic, secular humanistic in terms of starting point, they're probably not going to ask the church anything <laughs> about, about what is a moral conscience. There's no under, you know, the uh, um, secular humanism says that man is the source of truth, that man is the determiner of what is right and wrong. And uh, so if that's where your starting point is, you're never going to ask the church anything because there is no God and there is none who they are accountable to. And so that's many t- why in our day we don't have, we don't have the, you know, we don't have the Davenport Council, city council asking the church to come and give them instruction on particular decisions they're trying to make with, yeah. the, with regards to the city. Or yeah. we could think of it at the state level or we could think of it even at the federal level. And I think that's a misunderstanding of the separation of church and state. But... Um, uh, so by law, could they actually do that? Because then they would actually be going to a certain um, religious group, I guess you would say, or would they just call it networking? And 
talking, <laughs> and talking to yeah. certain people. <laughs> well, it would be hard to imagine them doing that in our day. I, I guess that uh, most likely they would know that they would be getting a lawsuit very quickly uh, if they did that in our day. But I don't think, again, I don't think that was re- the original intent of our fan- founding fathers. And it wasn't so much that uh, th- that they were, again, it, it was it was not going, it, it wasn't that there was a, we need to separate Christianity from yeah. civil government. Our founding fathers didn't mean that. What they did mean is we don't want any one particular church or denomination mm-hmm. to be the the official church. Right. And so, okay, let's let's pretend we had this wonderful opportunity where the city council called and said, we want Sacred City and we want Coram uh, 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 Deo and we want you know First Baptist of da 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 and we want the Presbyterian Church and they, they came together and said what 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 does it, what does God's word have to say? Mm-hmm. Now I I will say this, unfortunately in saying all that maybe some of those churches would not recognize God's word as authoritative. And mm. so you can see how quickly that could fall apart. Yeah. So in this day, in terms of the Westminster Divines, they recognized, you know, it, you have to have an agreement, and that is that there is a sovereign God, yeah. that he has spoken truth, and that that truth has actually been given to us in the word, you know, in, in Scripture, yeah. and that that's the starting point. Uh, because you can just imagine how badly that would go. There would be there would be fights amongst the churches for those who believe that the word of God is true and authoritative for one's uh, life and practice, and the other ones who don't who don't and are just getting their opinions. You would never come to a, con- a right. good conclusion. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and you know, and I think that there is a time and place where, and I, this has happened where, as we are watching, maybe a moral decision being made. Where the churches do come together, uh, that you know, understand the word of God as being authoritative, and say we we make this claim and this claim, and I, you would think again, uh, probably the biggest moral issue that we're going through right now is is abortion, and uh, you know, what is the church going to do with this? You know, churches come together and say this is this is our stance. Life begins at conception, mm-hmm. and uh, and so you know that is a huge stance and a huge decision by the churches to be making because that basically says abortion is that which is morally uh, an abhorrence to God himself. And so um, you can see how the church itself would come around that kind of a decision that's being made by our civil government of which the church says, no, we've got to step in and at least give our voice. Yeah. And we should give our voice uh, into these issues of our of our day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. There you go. All right. We did it. Well, listener, whether you have received our words with all eagerness or <laughs> with some pushback, we would encourage you to examine the scriptures. Yes. And see um, maybe what we've missed, maybe what's encouraged you. And please feel free to reach out to Rob, rob at sacredcitychurch.com with any questions, comments, future podcast ideas. We love you guys. We're praying for you. God bless. God bless.